sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you once again that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode or ideas for future episodes, please contact us. You can do this by e- do that by emailing us at ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, that's ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet to us at sfdiocese using the hashtag ignition. Again, our Twitter handle, sfdiocese, use the hashtag ignition. I always do that, Father. You do. You just can't seem to say hashtag, Di- hashtag, Di- hashtag. No, I can say ha- it's diocese hashtag, diocese hashtag for some reason. Anyway, sfdiocese hashtag. Sfdiocese, you are so good. Wow. It must be the retreat. Welcome back from retreat, Father. Thank you very much. Happy to be back. Um, I'm actually, I'm just happy to be back with people. I'm not happy to be back to noise and things like that. Ah, uh, the monastic life. Yes. Tis a, tis a glorious thing to have nothing to do each day but praise the name of the Lord. Amen. And uh, that uh, is, of course, I'm pretty sure deliberate, but still beautiful segue. <laughs> into what's going to be our topic maybe maybe not immediately and father so it's uh it's we we did that funny thing we changed our clocks for some reason it worked out it works out better for our favor in the fall because um we uh we we get an extra hour of sleep but it means that it gets darker sooner in addition to that darn axial tilt thing causing um it to be darker shorter days less sunlight for us in the northern hemisphere um, what, Father, what, what are your thoughts real quickly, by the way, on, on daylight savings time anyway? Well, I, um, you know, I, uh, I, just this year I had a new realization to the discomfort it causes for so many families. Yeah. The families of young children, that young children don't know to set their clocks back, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. And so, um, uh, I just, uh, um. I don't know. I mean, I, uh, it takes me a while to adjust to it. Although it's nice, I go on retreat quite often right afterwards, which is a good way to adjust. Yeah, true. Um, but other than that, I, I, I'm, I'm not a huge fan. I don't uh, don't necessarily need to do without it either. Right. Yeah, I, I, I know there's a good rationale. And every twice a year I complain about it, but I don't ever take the time to look up the rationale. But anyway, um, I know that, you know, it, it's it's getting darker, colder. Obviously, we're in the middle of another polar vortex. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't know um, that came through at all, but I just made wishing wind noises. We Oh, that came through very clearly on my end, at least. Okay. Uh, and when we're also now approaching Thanksgiving and then very shortly after that, Advent. And then, of course, the Christmas season that follows. But, Father, for a lot of people, um, this can be, uh, instead of a joy-filled time, a, a, a time of sorrow, maybe loss of um, of a loved one recently. I, I thought about that. I know we In the diocese, um, in Sioux Falls, I should say, sp- specifically, there's a grief group that has just begun meeting. And, and this is always a very large session because um, people have lost loved ones. Um, and, and it's especially tough during the holidays. Um, 
I think that again, maybe the darkness. I, I think so, and just the, the the ordinariness of life, Father. Um, we can we can you know legitimately or or just feeling feeling sorry for ourselves. We can get uh, t- we can get down. It can be a depressing time, unfortunately. Yeah, at least that that's my experience. What about you? I, there can be a temptation to that, and then just I think like I remember when I was a. Uh, an RA in the dorms, it's always seemed like November was one of those hardest times of year. You know, you're not as free to go outside anymore. Uh, you're losing some of that vitamin D from the sun. You know, there's not a lot of sun coming anymore. And uh, so November always was kind of a tough time for, for students. Um, same thing in the seminary. It seemed like if, if crazy things were going to happen with students, it was usually February or November. Mm. And out of curiosity, I mean, going back to the, your retreat a bit, does that have anything to do what, with why you, you time your retreat the way you do, or is it just other reasons? No, that's just pure availability. Okay, okay, okay. So, What I, I, I want to do on retreat and, and who I want to lead me on retreat. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I, but you had a really interesting point, well, and, and for the topic as a whole today, but with this particular point, um, we can be tempted to focus on, on what gets us down and focus on simply being down, if you will, sort of self-obsessing that way uh, about our feelings and, and, and wallowing in, in the misery, if you will, whether it's real misery or, or uh, self-generated misery. But, but you, you pointed out that that's, that's, in a sense, a dual defeat. Uh, can you explain what that is and why? Yeah, so like when, when we get down... Um, I was noticing myself, this is even before November, just feeling down, just like weights of responsibilities and work and, um, and other things going on, just real, real tempted to feel down and realizing, you know, when I feel down, I don't praise the name of Jesus. Mm. Funny thing, right? <laughs> yeah. That, that when I just don't, when I'm not happy, I just, I'm less likely to, uh, praise the name of the Lord. And it really is kind of a, uh, a double or a dual defeat in that regard because we're def- uh, defeated both in the sense that we ourselves feel down, but we're also, there's a defeat because God's name isn't praised. Mm. So first of all, the first defeat then, it's not good that we feel down. That's a defeat itself, right? Right. You know, God, you know, uh, now, I mean, there's a difference between like feeling... Uh, what I, what I want to say is it's not that, you know, feeling bad is a sin. Right. It's not a sin. Right. Right. And sometimes feeling bad can be a good thing. Right. When I say feeling down, I mean like self-pity, woe is me, yep. uh, things like that. You know, having it. Jesus never threw pity parties. Nope. Yep. Very good. Very good. I know you're an expert in the gospel. Does he ever throw a pity party? Uh, never. Okay. Dr. Chris Bergwald, you're welcome. Yes. <laughs> Educated in Rome. Thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't think Jesus ever throws pity parties. No, that's, yeah, so that's yeah. a bit of, of what I mean in that regard. Sure. So so we, we I mean, it's all, for all sorts of reasons, but we, God does not desire that we feel sorry for ourselves. That 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 it's, it's a defeat that way, that simply having that emotional response or provoking it, I guess it's more of an, it's not the emotional response as you were just saying, um, dwelling in our misery deliberately, uh, maybe another way to describe a pity party, um, is not something uh, that God desires for us. And it certainly doesn't please him, but he doesn't desire that we experience it ourselves. Right. And 
so so that's that first kind of defeat in that regard. Okay, and then the second, then you were saying, is that we've there's an opportunity lost as well, so to speak. Right. I mean, we're created to praise, reverence, and serve God our Lord. Uh, do you, what, what's what's the first? Uh, is it part of the old Baltimore Catechism? Yeah. Uh, why are you created? Or, or yeah, yeah. Why do you exist? To know, love, right, serve God in this life. Created to. Know, love, and serve God in this life and be happy with him forever in the next. Exactly. Know, love, and serve God in this life and be happy with him in the next. Um, St. Ignatius of Antioch in his Rules of Spiritual Discernment uh, talks about the principle and foundation. I should, I should, it's not in his Rules of Discernment. I should say it's in his spiritual exercises. He talks about the principle and foundation that man was created to praise, reverence, and serve God our Lord and by means of this to save his soul. Say that one more time. Uh, man was created to praise, reverence, and serve God our Lord, and by means of this to save his soul. Mm. Okay. I think I've got that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, but, and, and you think about, like, what's going on in, hev- in heaven all the time? Right. We are praising God forever. Revelation, we get that. Yeah, okay. I could go off. I'll, I'll pause. My short answer, praising God. Right. I mean, we look at the different parts of heavenly worship. And that's what they're doing. They're praising God. Right. And um, so, um, and then that's what we're called in to do. That's what we're called in to do. Well, who hates what goes on in heaven? The devil, the the, the, for, the forces of evil, the, the, the personal, the fallen angels. Right. The person, those spiritual persons, the fallen angels, Satan and his his companions who, who rebel with him, uh, they hate praise of the name of God. Right. It's loathsome to them. Right. It's 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 worse than fingernails on chalkboards. Right. Right. What's a, what's another bad sound? Uh, that's, I think that's the granddaddy of them all right there. This is the granddaddy of them all. It's worse than uh, uh, squeaky hinges on doors. It's worse. Yeah. And so um, Satan, who himself is very much the author of discouragement, he's the accuser. And Satan, and Satan very much wants us to live in pity parties. Right. That also opens the door of temptation yep. in lots of ways, which is maybe a different uh, topic for us, how pity parties open the door to temptation. Um, but so Satan then discourages our hearts, not only because he enjoys that, but because he hates the holy praises of God and wants them to not be said. Mm. So he, so, so he, he'll, if, if we find ourselves naturally, so to speak, falling into a pity party, uh, we, we choose that. But if, if we choose that path, if we open that door, we might very well get some encouragement to walk through it then by, by evil spirits. Correct. Correct. That they would want us to live, to abide in that sort of a pity party. Because not only does it is it uh, it's bad for us to to remain there, um, but we're also failing to praise God at, at the same time by doing so. Yes. Okay. Yes. Not just because uh, we wallow in our own self pity, not just because we're open to temptation, but because Satan really is impacted and, and hates praise the name of God. Okay. So, so it's a dual defeat, dual defeat in that sense that that we are. It's a defeat for ourselves when we wallow in self pity because we're we're turning inward. We're not looking to God and neighbor. It inhibits our in our it inhibits our ability to love. In other words, um, 
And in addition to that, we're failing to praise God. Right, which is which is love of God Himself. Okay. Right. Okay. Right. And so, and so it might not be things we can tangibly see, and the impact of me in you know the darkness of my own little room as I've just stubbed my toe for the third time today, saying, <laughs> "Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ." Right. Uh, 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 blessed be God and His angels and His saints. Um, the impact on the material world, the obvious world, that isn't an obvious impact, is it? Correct. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, but there is a big spiritual impact in that. Regard. Right. Right. Okay. So, uh, quick question, Father, to interject here. You know, we're talking about praising God and the importance of that. And just and, and if you want to table this, because I think we could spend a lot more time on it than we have today, because we're going to go down one path, but maybe an interesting path to explore another time. And just curious, if you have any thoughts right now? Why? Why? Uh, why do we have to serve God? Why do we have to praise Him? I mean, we're talking about the forces of of darkness. We're talking about devil and, and John Milton in his, in, in paradise, you know, put on the lips of Satan. I will not serve non servium, the pride that's usually associated with that, but it comes to, I will not serve it. So related to that, I will not praise. And we, right. we fall into that ourselves. Why what, that? Cause God doesn't need our praise. So I think that this, the legitimate sincere question, somebody might ask there, God doesn't need our praise. So why do we need to praise him? Or is God some sort of egomaniac? Right, right. I think so, it would maybe be like a professional atheist response. Right. Or at least an amateur atheist from the internet in a YouTube comment section. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, no, uh, we should praise God because as it says in the Holy Mass, it is right and just. And just. Yes. Why, though? But why is that? I, I, why I, is it right? Just because, because all things come from God. Yeah. Do you have anything of your own that did not come from no. God? No. Right. And so uh, all things are owed back to God. And so praise of God is is his right and it's our duty. And I think like as, in so, as is so often the case, the things that like this, yeah, we don't do it for God's sake. He, he doesn't need it. We, we, and again, you could, you could misconstrue this, but we praise God in a sense for our sake because it helps us remember who's the top dog and who isn't the top dog. You know, and, and, and if, and when we forget that, when we become self-centered, that's when things go haywire. So in praising God, we are, in addition to praising him for his own sake, we're also recognizing who we aren't and we're not him. Right. So think for a moment, uh, and in a way to maybe go in this more, if we wanted to keep going down this rabbit hole farther than we already have, uh, would be the book of Daniel. And, uh, in which the, uh, faithful, uh, Jewish, uh, people in exile in uh, Babylon are praising God even in their greatest struggles, their right. greatest torments. Right, right, right. Yeah. So I again, I, I th we so we could go unpack that a lot more. But I just thought because I think it is you mentioned you know the the amateur atheist in a YouTube comment box. It is a question that gets posed, and and I think it's right. helpful to address it. So okay, so um, there's this dual defeat aspect then to self-pity and that this is where we're going is the the importance of praising god and and in a different way why we do that so so what's what's the next point down this road father well i think this uniqueness of of how we are commanded to to praise god the uniqueness of the jewish and the christian uh duty to praise god uh many other religions don't have the same uh at least from my own inspections, don't have this same imperative, this same weight of the necessity of the praise of God. 
um, and especially connected with uh, the Catholic idea that this praise of God is a fulfillment of our identity. Right. You know, and uh, and this praise of God, in a sense, it's it's very much like play. Okay, what do you mean by that? Well, praise of God is very much like play, in a sense, because uh, you don't see a direct material impact in it. Okay, sure. <laughs> yes. Why, why waste your time playing? What good comes from playing? Why don't right. you get inside and do the dishes, for goodness sake? Exactly, exactly. Why, you know, and, and, and so often, why do we quit playing? Well, because I have more serious and important right. things to do. Right. Um, and also, so often, why do people not go to, say, Sunday Mass? More serious, well, more important things to do. More important things to do, they might say. Right. Um, in various ways. And so uh, there's that close relationship to, to play, to pray, to Sabbath in that regard. And you had, you had brought up an interesting point about uh, the story of Exodus and the, and Egypt in this way. Yeah. I was, uh, when you, so as, as often the case, the way that father and I, if you're curious how we come up with topics, we, we bounce some ideas back and forth. And usually there's something that either one or maybe both of us is really passionate about, or that's really resonating speaking to us. And, and sort of the one that's the most that way, whether it's one of us or both of us, we kind of, we go with that and unpack it. And, and Father, when you you mentioned this um, as a possible topic, I was reminded of something early on in um, Pope Benedict's book. Actually, he wrote it as as uh, Cardinal Ratzinger, but his book, The Spirit of the Liturgy, which I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you you've you've at least looked at some of or you've dabbled in a little bit. Is that right, Father? I've read that, and I've also read uh, the the uh, book by the same name. Uh, from a couple decades before by one of Cardinal Ratzinger's inspirations, Romano Guardini. Yeah, yeah, another German, Italian-German theologian in his own right, right. And one of the, th- and so in there, I remembered as you were saying, as you had proposed this topic of what's the connection between playing and praying, praising in particular, that that uh, Pope Benedict spoke to that a connection there when looking back at, at the Exodus from Egypt or the events of the Exodus. And fathers, you reminded me when we were prepping for today's show then, he talks about how, you know, when we think of the Exodus, we got the movie coming out uh, next month, Father. Um, <laughs> Uh, so, so Which I, I'm not excited to see. Yeah, that's uh, yeah another story. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a different topic. Anyway, but I was reminded, you know, thinking of this, I think a lot of people, well, of course, uh, God freed his people from slavery and so on. But but as you remind me, what what uh, what what Pope Benedict uh, points out in 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 this book, the Spirit of the Liturgy, is that that God. His first command to the people was not that they be freed from slavery, but that they be freed to go into the desert to worship him. So that the first call that even came before the call to freedom from slavery was the freedom to worship. Correct. So, and so that that freedom, uh, uh, the freedom to go out in the in the desert to be his people by worshiping him and, and worshiping him alone, right? To offer him a fitting and a right praise. And in the context of that, he also talks about how then how he's specific specifically talking about liturgy, but but it applies not only to liturgical prayer, but also our personal and family prayer. There, there's a dimension of, and then there's a theory, a, a theory of liturgical theology about playing, about about prayer, worship, liturgy as, if you will, a game. Can you just unpack that a little bit, Father? Well, yeah, just I think it's it's not that it doesn't matter, 
we might say, but um, that you kind of uh, you do it for its own sake. Yes, exactly. Right, you play for your own sake. You play a game for your own sake, and you or for its own sake, and you pray for its own sake. There's not again a material benefit. My family is not fed by uh, sitting down and playing a game of uh, trouble with the popomatic bubble. Um, and playing a, playing a board game together as a family won't feed your family. Right. But it is necessary for family life. Right. It, it's 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 not an instrumental good that that serves some greater purpose. Purpose. It's a good in and of itself. We as, as you said, we we do it for its own sake. And that's the same with with prayer with Sunday mass. We do it for its own sake. Now we might get a nice feeling. We might get a community connection. Um, things like that, but again, we we should do it for its own sake. And that's you know, and and real quick uh, point, you you know, so people talk about you know, well, I didn't get much out of mass. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you, we 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 can in a sense should get something out of mass, but that's not the reason. The first reason we ought to go to mass, we go to mass to give praise, worship, adoration, thanksgiving to God. Uh, you can open a big can of wor- a big can of worms on this too when you think about. Well, you know, why should I go to Mass if maybe I can't receive Holy Communion right now? Yeah, yes, absolutely. But again, that reduces Mass only to what I get out of it. Exactly. And that's and that's that that's a reality. We do get something out of Mass, but that isn't, and, and, and I'm not always, I'm definitely not always good at this, um, but that shouldn't be the first greatest reason we go to Mass. We ought to go to Mass to give give everything we can to God and then praise Him for what He might give us in return. Amen. Amen. Okay. Which, which, which again, kind of, and so this idea then of not so much what I get out of it goes back to the idea of play again. And maybe just to make this a little more, uh, listeners for your need for prayer is the idea of play. Um, who, who plays Dr. Bergwald? Kids, children, kids, children, children play. Um, and children play, uh, because they're free children play because that's what they do. They, they don't need to justify their existence. You know, as adults, we often don't feel free to play because, in fact, we have to justify our existence, justify our worth, justify our place right. in this world. Does that make sense? It does. And I think, would, could, could we also say this? Um, they're, free, they're free to pray because they, they trust the other things will be taken care of. They have confidence in their parents or a parent that, that the, the things that we would say are necessary and, and are necessary. The kids aren't worried about that because they, they have a confidence that mom and or dad will take care of those things. Right. Children aren't worried where the next meal is going to come from. Children aren't worried and shouldn't have to worry. We hope about, you know, whether there'll be a roof over their heads, whether there'll be warmth. Um, parents worry about that for them and children are just free to play in that regard. And there's, and there's really few things sadder than a child who doesn't see, feel free to play anymore. Exactly. Okay. And so to connect prayer to that, um, to connecting prayer to that, that's what, um, that's what prayer and that's what praise is, is that freedom to serve. So Dr. Bergwald, if we said children play, right, if we said who plays, um, who are we called to be as yes. Christians? Yes, beloved sons and daughters of the Father, which is what we are. Exactly. We are in baptism adopted sons and daughters of the Father. And so therefore we are free to play. Therefore we're free. Uh, uh, we're free. We're free. 
And our freedom comes from uh, being identified as children of the Heavenly Father. And that's a, that's a point that we can't emphasize enough, and it's, and it's an important point to keep in mind when we think about our Christian, about our interior lives. That the interior freedom that, re, that and that and, you know the connection to you know the worrying and so on. And Jesus Jesus tells us not to worry. To, to precisely what we're the point we we're making about um, parents and their children. God loves us intensely, and He desires what is good for us. And sometimes we don't always see that, but that is the reality that we need to dwell in and grow in in terms of our trust and faith in God. Correct. And so, in this sense, might we dare to say that only. The person who prays is the only one who can truly play. Why? The person who prays is the only one who can truly play because all other playing, if playing doesn't flow from prayer, then playing is only a distraction from responsibility. Yes, yes, yes. So it's not really play in that regard. Right. Then it's distraction. Right. That's a great distinction. Yeah. And so if you're not... Uh, if, you, if you're not free through prayer, knowing that God is your Father, that God will take care of you, if you're not living in the truth, or at least connecting with the truth of Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and following, about the sparrows in the field, right. and, and you know that if you worry, you will not add one cubit to your lifespan, one yard to your life by worrying, You, if you're not living in that, you're not really free to play. Right. You're just distracting yourselves. Right. So, Father, we got about two minutes left. How can I, any concrete examples about how we can do that, how we can grow in exactly what you were just saying? Well, I think just a first simple one is, is keeping that mindset we talked about in the Mass. You know, okay, God, you are Lord. Father, you are providing. You provide Eucharist. You provide salvation. You provide for things for me even when I'm a sinner. So having that right interior attitude about how we approach the Mass can increase that playfulness from prayerfulness. Okay. And and what about in personal prayer? What can we do? In personal prayer, there's lots of different things. I think, you know, an obvious one is just, again, praising the name of God. So maybe it's uh, maybe you know, praise and worship music, uh, cl- good classical music, Mozart, um, other things like that that give you, uh, that give praise to God. Music that actually makes your heart Glorify God right. is a great way to go about it. So, so it, beautiful things. In other words, um, glorying in beautiful things, or, or or glorifying God in and through beauty. Sunsets. Okay, that's one of the things I love about retreat at Broomtree is watching sunsets. Right, and I realize it's not the landscape; it's the freedom to just watch a sunset for its own <laughs> sake. Yes, Amen. does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And, and I mean, I tell you, I mean, just to take 30 minutes a week and go watch a sunset. Yeah, yeah. I don't have time. Another thing would be— I have more important Scripture— oh, anyway, No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You go. So a couple other quick things before we sign off. Scripture passages, having little lines of Scripture praise in your heart and your head. Like I say little lines like, glorious Jesus, my Lord, oh, how glorious you are. And I pick that up from a prayer. Just things like that to repeat and use. Great. That's, that's great stuff, Father. It's good to have you back. Um, it's good to be back. And that wraps up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet to us at sfdiocese using the hashtag Ignition with any thoughts, questions, or topics for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. 
Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 o'clock on Lamb Catholic Radio on 91.3 FM in Hartford and Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.